Hey, Jenny. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good. I, I got a question for you. What is your favorite thing that comes in a can? I'm gonna have to go with whipped cream. Whipped cream? Yeah. Is that technically a can? It's more of like a, a squeeze nozzle. I guess it's a canister. Is that what it's called? It's a canister? canister? Okay. Ah, it's can-like. I should... Can- I shouldn't yuck your yum. <laughs> I'll go with wine then. Wine? Wine comes in a can. That's a great answer. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to have some wine in great. a can great, great. here on a new episode of Chris Tries to Review Wine. Hit it, guys. Recording live in New York, it's Chris Tries to Review Wine with your special guest, Ginny Hogan. A delicious can of Underwood Pinot Noir. Musical guest, the Bee Gees, and your host, the man who puts the oh no in wino, Chris Barlow. Okay, hey Jenny. Hey Chris, how's it going? Great, thanks for joining me here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, whether you know it or not, it is the beginning of a new month. Because we record these in advance, so you maybe don't know. It's the beginning of a new month. Great. Happy October. Happy October. I'm so relieved. September was long. September was really bad. Yeah. That that part at the end where all those animals got loose in the middle of Midtown and the, the flamingos got stuck in the subway... The delays, yeah. I didn't know that was why we were delayed that day, but when I found out later, I was just still annoyed. Yeah, October was a real mess. I was Sorry, September. Well, that's okay. October's been great so far. October will probably be a mess too. That's true. Except for one very important detail. Because do you know what October is here at Chris Tries to Review Wine? I don't. Oh my goodness, you're about to find out. Because what am I holding in my hand? A can. A can can of, of wine. Of wine? Red wine. You're really good at this. Thank you. Because it is, in fact, Cantoberfest yeah. here at Chris Dries Review. Yeah. Why, you know, Cantoberfest is my favorite October-based liquor holiday. I don't know of any others, just Cantoberfest. I think that's the only one. Yep. And here at Cantoberfest, we're going to spend the whole month diving deep into these relatively shallow cans of vino. Yeah, that's do, awesome. Do you like to call it vino? Do you feel a little douchey when you call it vino? Um, I don't feel that douchey. I'll, I'll call it vino from time to time. Yeah, just, just for the just for the variety. Yeah, just to sound exotic and kind of like oh. you know, I'm drinking something fancy, especially if it comes out of a fancy, fancy can. I was about to say, do you think yeah. the can makes it more fancy or less fancy? It's definitely fancier than the single serving bottles. I agree. Yeah. What What about compared to the twist off bottle? Are you a fan of the twist off? Uh, I am because I think it's annoying to have to uncork things, but uh, I think that's, I would say that a can is on par in fanciness with the twist off. With the twist off? I like that. And it's more portable. It's more portable. You can drink it on the street. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you can drink the twist off on the street. That's true. It's just a little more obvious. (laughs) Right. And uh, yeah, and you might get stopped. More importantly, one of my favorite things about drinking out of a can is the sound the can makes. Oh, yeah. It just gets me really excited to yeah. taste some yeah, wine. Yeah. yeah. And, and as always, we're going to begin by tasting some wine. Awesome. Woo. That was great. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, I practiced before nice. you got here. Cool. And cheers, because it's time to engage in my favorite tradition, proper tasting technique. Great. Do you know proper tasting technique? I don't know if I do. I swirl it in my mouth a little. That is a good part of proper tasting technique. But first, we must begin as always with the sniff. Okay. Go ahead and sniff the wine as loudly as possible. Now, look up and tell me, 
What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, berries. I think I taste some berries, maybe some blackberries. Ooh, blackberries. I can sniff that. A little bit of wood. Yeah. Like a dusty wood floor. Yeah, not like oak or a specific no. wood, more just like, you know, uh, a New York apartment yeah. after the carpet's been ripped right, off. Right, right, yeah, or like a cheap bar, yeah. Mm. Go ahead and knock back a little of that wine. Be sure to move it all around your mouth, mm. like you said. Mm. Swishing it around really shows people, oh yes, she's tasting wine. Mm. Wow, mm. I can really tell. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot going on in there. Ooh, was there a lot going on on your palate, too? For sure, yeah. Well, then I have to ask you, Jenny, what are your tasting notes? I think I was tasting a little bit of um, a kind of a fruitcake vibe. Ooh. I think almost it might, the wine, it feels like a strong wine. Like I'm, I almost feel like I'm tasting liquor a little bit. Yeah, it's got a bit of a bite, a bit of an edge. A bit of a bite, yeah, yeah, for sure. Can feels edgy, too. It does, yeah. Let me get another. Mm. It almost, I think the bite maybe gives it, a, it feels a little carbonated. Yeah, like it, maybe I'm drinking like a yeah Alka Seltzer. Oh, okay. Like not I, a sweet carbonated drink, but right. It's not actually bubbly, and it's yeah. not sweet, but there is that kind of feeling on your tongue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's it like lingers there. Yeah, mm, that must be the the taste of can. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think I definitely tasted some can there. Um, I want to say I'm tasting like steak. Maybe because it's maybe because I think of red wine with steak, but I feel like I'm remembering, remembering like a like a rare steak. Yeah, I could actually see that. It is kind of like a it's a mental association you're having. Yeah. But there is that feeling, that hint, that yeah. steaky vibe. Steaky kind of. Maybe yeah. even a bit of like a one steak sauce. Yes, exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I think I did taste like a sauce, like a dressing, like um, like an Asian sesame dressing. Oh. I had that kind of tang. I think I tasted notes of that. Notes of that tang. I love that because I did not really know what you were talking about until you used the word tang. Yeah. And and it could be that you're saying it tastes like orange tang, but no. You're saying it's the, the tang on your tongue. Yeah, the tang on my tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mmm. Mm. These are pretty good notes, I have to say. Yeah. Do you think they compare with the professional notes? I would think they're better, but... <laughs> I, I happen to think that they're better, but there's only one way to find Let's out. Let's hear what the professional notes are. In a segment I usually call Dramatic Readings of Wine Labels, but today, and all month long, it's Dramatic Readings of Wine Cans. <clears throat> notes. Raspberry. Cherry. Chocolate. All right, that's the notes. The berries. I yeah. smell the berries. Yeah, I definitely think the the raspberry cherry element yeah. is, uh, you're right on, you were right there. As I always say when we're talking about fruit flavors, especially in red wine, I never get the actual berry right. I will say raspberries and then find out it's cherries. Right. I, I will say cherries and then find out it's strawberries. Yeah. But in this case, I feel like we were in the right track. For sure, for sure. Although the I was thinking a darker berry, but just, you know, cherries can be dark sometimes. 
That's the thing. Cherry is a really borderline berry. I can never decide. Is it a red berry or a dark berry? Right. Is it? Is it a berry? It yeah, is a berry. Yeah, that is my but, question. But it, or does it just rhyme with berry? Right. No, I mean, but it is the same. It's structurally similar. The same. I assume that's how it works. But then, like, what about Grapes. strawberry? Oh, a yeah. strawberry is like a freak of nature. Yeah, because of all the seeds. Yeah, on the outside. How yeah. is that similar to a cherry? I agree. I mean, and a cherry maybe in, is more similar to a peach or something. It's like a smaller peach. A stone Small. fruit. A stone fruit. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, these notes just got really complex, and we haven't even gotten to the chocolate yet. Yeah, chocolate? I don't know if I... No, I gotta take another taste. Like a very dark chocolate. Yeah, like, not not just dark chocolate, but when you get that that chocolate bar that's like 82% cocoa, and you're like, this is like as hard as a rock, snaps into pieces, and when I eat it, I feel like I'm chewing bark. Yeah, the kind of chocolate when people are like, chocolate's healthy, and it's like, not good chocolate, like, not the kind you'd want to eat, you know? Yeah, and you're like, well, then this must be healthy, because it's terrible. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Oh, I could see that, but you know, none of those notes really get to the, the tang, which is definitely i think the the foremost feature i'm getting from this red yeah it's unusually tangy for a pinot noir i think it's because the can has compressed the you know there's some kind of air compression and we drank it we drank it this is fresh out of the can everybody i you know that sound effect was not fake no it was not. we're all real here so we're drinking it within moments of it um kind of the air pressure releasing so i feel like we're still getting that bite but you know that is one of the benefits of drinking wine out of a can there's no waiting you just crack it open right, and yeah. you're ready to go. Yeah, exactly. In fact, yeah. uh, a little birdie told me that you're an enthusiast of canned wines. I am. Well, that might be why I asked you on, or it might actually be a total coincidence. Either way, tell me, how did you come to know cans? So I uh, used to do comedy in San Francisco at this venue called The Brainwash that was a laundromat slash cafe, and they, have since cl- and they also had comedy shows. And they have since closed down, very sad, but they used to sell canned wines, but their can- it was these cans, it was the Underwoods. But the cans were more expensive than the regular sized wines, which came out of like the little bottles. And I started hosting a show there. And once you host a show, you're allowed to get whatever drink you want for free. So then I started to load up on the cans. And I was like, this is amazing. And so the canned wines always made me feel so fancy. I like that. It's, it, was, it was your sign of success. It was my sign of success. You yeah, knew you yeah. made it when you yeah. could order the canned wine. Right. And it was like, I mean, in San Francisco, it's never cold. So I could like take my canned wine and go outside and like walk around the block and kind of like sometimes I'd be drinking my canned wine and trying to get people to come into the show and that kind of thing, you know. So, yeah, I associate canned wine with that venue, which very sadly is closed. Wow, so it's like a bittersweet memory. Bittersweet. But I also now, if I'm like, because I am sometimes running between places at night and I don't want to drink in bars because it's expensive, so I'll like get a canned wine and drink it like on the street while I'm walking. Oh my God, this is the secret to New York City success yes, right here. Yeah, yeah, don't drink in bars. Oh God, It's no. expensive, yeah. Whereas a can of wine might seem expensive at first. It's like two glasses, possibly more. It's actually typically about two and a half glasses nice. if you're getting the full-size can. Yeah. So it's a great deal and... It's super portable. Super portable, yeah. Union Wine Company, which is the makers of Underwood Wines, they're actually one of the trailblazers in the canned wine revolution. They Mm. originally made their wine in bottles, and you can Mm. still purchase it in bottles if you're some kind of ancient freak. Right. But the rest of us, yeah, we've learned the beauty of a, a delicious can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the cans are incredible. Underwood makes a canned Pinot Noir, which we're drinking tonight. They also make a uh, canned Pinot Gris. Yes. Yes, and I'm a big Pinot Gris fan. Yeah, yeah. 
And they make a rosé. Yes, their rosé is delicious, but my favorite with Underwood is their rosé bubbles. Ooh, I haven't had that one. It is actually my favorite canned wine. Spoiler alert for the rest of the month. I guess we can just end Cantoberfest now. Oh, it's okay. (laughs) It's a seasonal wine, typically. They're they're bubbles, or the bubbles are in such high demand that they they just can't keep it in year-round. Yeah. So you may have trouble finding the bubbles. Mm -hmm. But there are other options. Uh, One of the most well-known is Sofia Coppola's Little Bubbly Rosé in a Can. Oh, I've seen those. It comes with a little straw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not very good. No, I don't think I liked any of the canned bubbly ones I've had. The Bay Brosé. There's another one called White Girl Wine or I've something. I've heard of that, yes. Also not as good. I do think Underwood is peak canned wine. You know, I wanted to set the bar high at the beginning right. of Cantoberfest, yeah. and we are well on our way. And we'll check back in with yeah. Union Wine Co.'s delicious Underwood Pinot Noir in a little bit. But first, I want to ask you, Ginny, about comedy. Oh, comedy. So please be funny now. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> How was that? I'm smiling. Oh, okay. Not laughing, uh, but smiling. So my, good. <laughs> not great. You my have... facial expressions are funny. The viewers can't, or the listeners can't. Uh, well, see. they can view this if they want to. It's just nothing will change for the entire 20 minutes they yeah. listen. It's, yeah. it's just a still image. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually my peak comedy is just a still image of me, so... Oh, you know, oh, I would watch that for a solid 20 minutes. Yeah, that's kind of, that's, if someone asked me to do a 20 minute set, that's the only thing I have. So I just put a picture of me up on a PowerPoint and let the audience sit and watch. That sounds yeah. experimental. It is experimental. And the experiment has failed, but, um. But, yeah. you know, that's why you're a comedy trailblazer, because you try and experiment with many things, including online content, because no one else has experimented with that. No, I am the first online comedian. Congratulations. Thank you. It's an honor to have you. Yeah. You run a blog called Little Old Lady Comedy. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I happen to be one of the featured writers there, so you know it's good. Chris writes the most. The most the articles. Most? I do? I think so. We have someone else at the weekly column, but I feel like you are, you, I feel like you're out there more than once a week. Thank you. You, yeah, you get to decide sure. how frequently, so I feel good. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah, one of our top writers. You guys have to check out his writing. It's on, well, your writing is in, in many places, but uh, specifically it's on littleoldladycomedy.com. It's the only place. Just yeah, yeah. Little Old Lady And you Comedy. can just search his name and you'll find it. It's so easy. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you though, uh, how did you get to making your own comedy blog? What made you make that jump? So I, uh, I used to write for some, but I, would, I kind of had all these rejected articles that I didn't know what to do with, and uh, I did do I comedy. have no idea what that feels like. <laughs> I've had folders and folders. I still do, but now they go on Little Old Lady, but not that Little Old Lady is a place for rejected articles, <laughs> okay? Um, although we did once tweet that out, like to tell, we tweeted that people should send us their rejects from McSweeney's, and we got a lot of great pitches. I so. have to say, um, uh, I have submitted several rejects from McSweeney's I, to you, and I, I think they're my finest work. Yeah, I we love McSweeney's rejects, but we're not a site for rejects, but if you have McSweeney's rejects, feel free to send them. Anyway, so, and then my friend Mary, we do stand-up together, and uh, she also writes for a lot of sites, and we got to talking about how we wanted a place on the internet for our own writing where we could write stuff every day, and so we started it, like, almost a year ago now. Yeah. And it's been really fun. It's been a ton of work, and now we have a ton of contributors. We probably have, like, over 100. Really? Yeah. That's an impressive roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of WordPress accounts you have to manage. I know, a lot of WordPress accounts. We've got a lot of Twitter followers. We're growing. We have an intern now. You do? Yeah. We just hired her. 
What did, what did she do? How did you find her? She found us, and she asked if she could intern. <laughs> I know. It was amazing. Wow, that's like the, the dream of finding your first intern. Yes, you just yeah. like walk in one day, and they're there with a coffee, and yeah. they're like, hi. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Um, she's going to help us like promote it, so she's going to put our posts on Reddit and social media and everything. You are a Reddit uh, fan, if I must say. Yeah, but I'm pretty much banned on every email address I have. So. Wow. Can, can I ask, how do you get banned that, that prolifically? You have to be spamming subreddits that don't want your content, which is a lot of what I do. So I, uh, I'll post our articles in like, I mean, if you post in like the pro-Trump subreddits, you'll get a ton of views because those are so active. So I'll post like articles making fun of Trump in those subreddits and I'll get banned. And then if you get banned enough, you get banned from the whole site. That's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I didn't realize Reddit actually bothered banning anyone. I know. I, you're mostly just, you're only banned from posting. Mm-hmm. You can still look at stuff. Um, well, I, that's the best part of Reddit. Right. It's yeah. just looking at the hate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I still I still go on Reddit every day and look at the pro-Trump subreddits um, without actually posting any content. But it is kind of crazy that Reddit is the place for like the absolute worst people on the internet and I get banned, you know, just for trying yeah. to promote my stu- little comedy website. Well, know. you have been sitting here in a Make America Great Again hat this whole time. I have, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I wasn't going to comment on the swastika armband, but yeah. I guess if we're going there. That's true. Reddit yeah. rubs off is what I'm saying. It, yeah, yeah. And I didn't even post these on Reddit, but Reddit, so they know everything, you know? Yeah. Now is the part of the podcast where I ask a question that only interests me and everyone else will go away. So I'd like to say thank you for listening, everyone. And if you like Ginny, you can find her at littleoldladycomedy.com. You can also uh, meet her compatriot, Mary, at my live show at Dixon Place on November 1st. Ginny will not be there. I will not be there. But... I'll introduce you to someone else, lie and tell you that it's Ginny, if that makes you feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that is very exciting. So now I have to ask the question that no one else cares about. What do you have against Medium? Oh, Medium? They wouldn't let us have our own domain. For those of you who don't use Medium, it is a very beautiful website. It is, With a really gorgeous app that makes browsing it and writing for it actually quite pleasant. Yeah. So we wanted, we were on Medium and we were like medium.com slash littleoldladycomedy and we wanted to be littleoldladycomedy.com and Medium has let other people do that in the past, but they stopped that program. So we asked them like a dozen times and uh, then we just left. Did they ever get back to you? Yeah, they did. And at one point I asked like a friend I knew who works there as like a software engineer who was like, this isn't really anything I do. But um, she was still nice. And uh, yeah, we asked like a million people. Like, and <laughs> like we asked literally a million people. We got I got shut out of a bunch of co- of customer service like email chains <laughs> where they were like, we're closing the chain now. <laughs> You're like, but I didn't get what I want. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kept being like, could you make an exception? Because we're... Such huge fans. I always assume that if a site is new enough, they'll make an exception for anyone, but Medium's not that new. No, and they really don't seem to know what they're doing with their entire platform. Right, and their whole, like, Medium part, like, you can put your stuff behind a content wall now. Yeah, and I have to say, their choices as a business make uh, using them kind of infuriating at a certain point. What are the choices that infuriated you? Uh, The constant changes. So, for example, switching from allowing custom domains to not allowing custom domains. Originally, they let some publications have their own paywalls, so you could subscribe to a specific publication. Then they just ditched that, and uh, like the Owl and some of these other major publications got really screwed over by that. Yeah. 
And now they just have a general paywall, which they really want you to put your articles behind. Yeah. And if you uh, get the emails daily from them, which I do, I get the Medium Daily Digest. What I've noticed is in the last six months, the ratio of free articles to paywall articles in the Daily Digest has gone from like two to one to like one to six. It's like, also when I signed up, they asked me my interests and I said I was interested in cryptocurrency. And now all they want to tell me about are these like bro articles about blockchain and Ethereum. And and I'm no longer interested in cryptocurrency. I learned that my interest ends with meeting the people who actually care. Yes, that is true. And also they're very techie. Like they love like tech, like why I left my perfect job at a startup to found my own startup like those articles always get huge on medium yeah and a lot of them that are like three changes you can make to your life that will inspire you every morning yeah yeah yeah. i you know i'm reading uh, a blog right now uh so i'm pretty sure i'm not looking to make any changes in my life yeah yeah yeah. i'm pretty sure i'm in bed yeah (laughs) very true i love the linkedin articles that are like 10 things the most productive people in the morning in the world do before 8 a.m and it's like if you're reading that article you're not productive like no literally it's the exact opposite of productivity Right. I used to have a job very briefly where I wrote those kind of bullshit LinkedIn articles and it was so stupid because I'd be writing about like how to be productive but I'd like wake up at noon and like be in my pajamas writing this like everything you need to get done before 7 a.m. Yeah. So those articles are useless everybody. Don't don't read them. Wow. But you know what's not useless? Cans. No, cans are amazing. Because cans hold so many great things. Right. From LaCroix yeah. to wine. Right. Two and I don't think things. there's anything else worth mentioning. Just those two. The two best things. Yeah. And thankfully, we have both here. I'd love to know, both. how does this wine pair with your apricot oh, LaCroix? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me get mm. it. So the LaCroix is definitely carbonated. Right. And now that I taste the wine right after the LaCroix, I'm like, okay, I no longer think the wine has that kind of carbonated kick. But it also could be that... It's had a few minutes to simmer since coming out of the can. True, true. I think, yeah. I just went from my Cerise Limon LaCroix, because of course I'm Mm -hmm. drinking a fancier flavor, uh, and I went back to the wine after that, and I now sort of taste the chocolate, not just the bad cacao. Oh. But but I kind of taste a more real dark chocolate. Still not, you know, good, but uh, I get... It's almost like the chocolate that they would use in Cocoa Puffs before they sweeten it. Yeah, I kind of do. It's It feels sweeter overall, the wine, after the LaCroix. Yeah, it's a nice counterbalance. Yeah. Pairing yeah. your canned wine with another canned beverage. Right. Really important, I exactly. think. Exactly. You've got a double fist, but you got to mix it up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But what I really want to know is what do you think of this canned wine? Are you a fan? Huge fan. Huge fan. I kind of knew that since we just spent the whole time talking about what a huge fan you are. But on a scale of one to five, maybe even zero to five, maybe even a different scale that you made up yourself, what would you rate this Underwood Pinot Noir? I would rate it a four. Solid four. Solid four. I like it. I'd give it a five, but I wanted more to taste the blackberries, blueberries, and I was getting more raspberry cherry, I guess, by the end. Yeah, I gotta say, I would be more into blackberry, blueberry. Uh, and and I always think, you know, the five-star wine is a wine you do not come across every day. I agree. This is a wine I would come across every day yeah. because I could just buy a bunch of it at once because cans are also much more portable than They're bottles. They're so portable, yeah. And this is available at the Trader Joe's wine shop. Yes, 
but I don't live near the Trader Joe's wine shop, and I once damaged my back by carrying too much wine Aww. from the Trader Joe's wine shop. So now I've learned you have to pick the right wines yeah. to schlep 112 blocks. But you could, you can get these on the go, you know, like just a lot of little liquor stores sell them. These days, and that in fact was the inspiration for Cantoberfest. Yeah. I have a coworker who has made it his mission to come ask me every single canned wine he's tried. Have you tried this one? Yeah. Have you tried that one? And I was embarrassed because the answer was no. I didn't oh know my God, there were this Chris, many. Come on. I've had Underwood, obviously, but there are so many there more. Are a lot, yeah. Listeners, you'll be able to learn all about these other amazing canned wines all month long here on Chris Tries to Review Wine. And listeners, you can hear more of Ginny by using your eyeballs and speaking out loud the things you read at Little Old Lady Comedy. It's not a podcast, but if you say the words aloud, it's almost like it is. Yes, and say it to other people too, or yourselves, say it in front of your mirror, but just, yeah, say it all the time. Yeah, walk down the street, read them to yourself. You will seem just as sane as everyone else on the street these days. Exactly, yeah. And where else can people find you, Ginny? You can find me on Twitter at Hogan underscore. I'm, uh, I'm pretty active on the, on the Twitter and the interwebs. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram at the same username, Hogan underscore. Not as active on Instagram. I like the brand consistency. Yeah. That's yeah, important. It is. It was nice that I got both of those. You know, you had to really fight for the underscore, I know. I, the underscore is annoying. I wanted the underscore in between Ginny and Hogan, and it was taken by someone who barely uses Twitter, but I'm not petty, so. What a monster. A huge bitch, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you can see more of Ginny's work at Little Old Lady Comedy. Yeah. You can meet other people from Little Old Lady Comedy on November 1st yeah. at 7.30 p.m. at Dixon Place. More information is available at ChrisTriesToReview.wine. That's where you can find out more about the wines we drink and where you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts because, as always, you should give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, Why? Chris Tries to Review Wine is written, directed, and produced by Chris Barlow in association with Dapper Devil Productions. You can find out more about the show and the wines we taste at ChrisTriesToReview.wine. That's right, it's ChrisTriesToReview.wine. <laughs> <laughs>